the kindness of his people to bless his people. To you the triumph of the race with loving hearts of sons of faith. Father, Son, and Spirit now our souls we lift our wills we bow to you the triumph of the race with loving hearts of sons of faith. Who showed you kindness during lockdown. For those of you who were in Shanghai about this time last year, do you have memories of being on the receiving end of kindness? When you needed help the most, who was there for you? Was it the Dabai, who were ready for you with your COVID tests? Or the Tuandong, neighbors who tried to order in bulk and then distribute to whoever wanted to buy? Or was it the staff of the Jue Hui office who you didn't really even know they were there until lockdown happened? And perhaps some of these people did their job well. Perhaps some of you even served your communities in some ways. But I imagine that the kindnesses you remember from lockdown came from people who were not in any official role. It was not their job to help you, but maybe they did. But even then, it's hard to think of kindness done that expects no kindness in return. During lockdown, many people were willing to trade things for other needed things, but I don't know if we would necessarily say that's kindness. Perhaps someone in your building was willing to give free haircuts, but he probably also expects you to go back to him once things are opened up back up. Perhaps we can notice our own selfishness during lockdown. Yes, I'm willing to give my neighbor carrots, but the, the beef that's in my freezer is staying in my freezer. <laughs> True kindness, selfless, focused on the good of the other person kindness is, is really difficult to come by. We have the delight of witnessing true kindness in the passage for our sermon this morning. So please open up your Bibles and turn with me to Ruth 2 and 3. With a longer passage, this is the passage we'll look at this morning. It'll be helpful for you to continue to keep your Bible open. You can also look at the passage printed in your bulletin. Last Sunday in Ruth chapter 1, we met Naomi was bitter with God after the death of her husband. But we also met Ruth, who clung to Naomi and chose to trust in Naomi's God. The faith of Ruth shined in the words she spoke, but for most of chapter 1, we followed Naomi's story. The events of Ruth 2 and 3 still have much to do with Naomi. Naomi will be on the receiving end of much kindness. But the main characters from a human standpoint will be Ruth and a man by the name of Boaz. But there's one character even more important, and that character is behind the scenes directing the events of the story. 
and that's God. It feels that the narrator, with a smile on his face, continues to purposely understate how God is at work in the story. We'll walk through this passage section by section, but before we begin, I'd like to sum up a main point. And that main point is this. God orchestrates his kindness. God orchestrates the kindness of his people to bless his people. God orchestrates the kindness of his people to bless his people. There are two points to help us unpack this main point. The first point is the kindness of Boaz in chapter 2. And the second point is the kindness of Ruth in chapter 3. In the kindness of Boaz and in the kindness of Ruth, we see God's plan being played out to bless his people. So let's begin with point one, the kindness of Boaz. Look with me at Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. In the first sentence of chapter 2, the narrator makes a simple statement introducing a relative of Naomi named Boaz. The narrator calls Boaz a worthy man. You can remember that for later. But at first, we have no idea why the narrator is introducing Boaz. Then in verse 2, Naomi says to Ruth that she wants to go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. So even though Ruth is a foreigner, apparently she's familiar with God's law. In regards to gleaning. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 9, we read, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge, neither shall you gather the gleanings of after your harvest. And you shall not strip your vineyard bare, neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. Ruth is both poor and a sojourner, and God commands his people to provide for people like Ruth. During harvest time, if the workers drop some wheat, they are not to go back and pick it up. They are to leave it there for the poor and the sojourner who follow behind. Ruth's God is the God of Israel who provides for his people, and Ruth plans to go and get to work. It is difficult to know what Naomi is thinking in response to Ruth's actions. She simply says, go, my daughter. Perhaps Naomi is still a bit depressed and a bit bitter. Perhaps Naomi just does not have much to say. She doesn't warn Ruth of danger or give her any advice. She simply gives her blessing, go. And so in verse 3, Ruth goes. And verse 3 says she, she just happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. At that time, there would have been no clear sign saying, oh, this is Boaz's portion of the field. There would have been no fences. Ruth just happened on the portion of a large field 
that belonged to the man named Boaz. Now, if you understand how God works, you realize that with God, there's no such thing as a coincidence. This happenstance is all in God's plan. But the narrator just smiles and says, Ruth just happened to be in this field of this worthy relative named Boaz. Continue to read verses 3 to 9. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young woman. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping, and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. And so Boaz comes on the scene. We learn a little bit about him from how he addresses the reapers who work in his field. He blesses them, saying, The Lord be with you. And they answer, The Lord bless you. In the time of the judges, when there was so little true worship of God, it's refreshing to hear these words of greeting that honor the Lord. Then Boaz notices someone. He asks his servant, whose, whose young woman is this? In other words, who does she belong to? Who is she associated with? The servant in charge says that Ruth is the foreigner who came back with Naomi. She directly asked to glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers, and she has worked hard all day, except for a short rest. So Boaz continues to take interest in Ruth and speaks to her directly. He tells Ruth not to glean in another field. He tells her to keep close to the young woman who worked in his field. And he warns the young men who worked for him not to touch Ruth. Remember, it's the time of the judges. Boaz warns the young men working for him that they must treat Ruth with respect. Perhaps some young men would think a single woman was a foreigner, no less, could be mistreated or taken advantage of with no consequences. But behavior like that would not be accepted in Boaz's field. In fact, Boaz goes a step further, telling Ruth that when she is thirsty, to go to the vessels and drink the water the young men have drawn. Boaz is having his servants make sure that this foreigner has water to drink as she works in the hot sun. Boaz is not treating Ruth like a beggar. Boaz is not only concerned with Ruth's safety, but he also wants her to rest and drink some water when she needs to. Boaz has a number of workers to oversee, but he notices one foreign woman who is working hard to glean to provide for herself and for her mother-in-law. And Boaz begins to show kindness to Ruth. So brothers and sisters, do we take initiative to show kindness towards those who are different from us? Ruth was a foreigner, but 
She was a worshiper of the true God. Do we also move past our differences when we meet other worshipers of God and welcome them into our midst? Perhaps there are certain groups of people you feel more comfortable hanging out with. Singles might like hanging out with singles, pursuing certain interests or hobbies together. Young parents recently might be thinking, oh, hobbies, I remember those. And then taking their little ones out to play. Perhaps you naturally feel comfortable with people from your home country. But how quick are we to notice and show kindness towards those who might be very different from us? And if you're in a position similar to Boaz, how can you seek a person's good and show generosity? Just as an owner of the field was not to have his workers retrace his steps and pick up dropped rain, we need to leave margins in our lives to show kindness and generosity to others. We need to have margins in how we spend our money. We need margins in how we spend our time. And brothers and sisters, let's, let's leave these margins open in order to fill them with seeking to be a blessing to others. So think of someone you want to set aside time to show kindness to. If you're anything like Ruth, you may be wondering why Boaz would show such kindness. That's the very question Ruth will ask in the next verse. Look with me at verses 10 to 13. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord. For you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. Ruth does not understand why Boaz would show her such kindness. In the climax for chapter 2, Boaz answers, he has heard of Ruth's faith. He has heard how Ruth left her homeland to come to a land she had never been to before. Boaz gives Ruth a blessing, acting similarly to a prayer in verse 12, saying, the Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Boaz has this expectation of God that he will fully reward Ruth for the kindness that she has shown to her mother-in-law. Boaz proclaims that since Ruth has taken refuge under God's wing, she is in the safest and blessed and best place. Under Boaz's watch, his servants would not harm Ruth. But more importantly, under God's watch, Ruth would be protected and provided for. Ruth responds saying that even though she's not even one of Boaz's servants, Boaz has comforted and spoken kindly to Ruth. Ruth risked a lot by going out in the field alone to seek to provide. God protected her and brought her into Boaz's field.
And God's kindness continues. We read in verses 14 to 16. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young man, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. The landowner, Boaz, is serving the foreigner who has less status than one of the servants. Boaz tells her to come, eat. He passes already roasted grain to her. One may have thought that when Boaz told Ruth she could drink water when she was thirsty, that that was already a polite enough gesture. But here, Boaz, Boaz goes above and beyond that gesture by basically including Ruth with the rest of his workers and making sure she has had a full meal. And Ruth ate until she was satisfied and had some left over. One wonders if it may have been weeks or months since Ruth had a full meal. And then in verses 15 and 16, Boaz instructs his men not only to let her glean even among the sheaves, an area that some landowners may have thought off-limits to gleaning, but Boaz even tells his workers to purposely pull out and drop bundles for Ruth to glean. Boaz wants to make absolutely sure that Ruth has more than enough to bring home. And so we continue to read in verses 17 to 23. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today, and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked, and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with this young woman, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young woman of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest. And she lived with her mother-in-law. By the end of the day, Ruth had gleaned about an ephah of barley. There may be a footnote in your Bible that says an ephah was about three and a half of a bushel, or 22 liters. So imagine a one liter Coke bottle. Fill that one liter Coke bottle with barley. Now imagine 22 one liter Coke bottles filled with barley. That's how much barley Ruth brought home that evening. One commentator estimated it at half a month's wages worth of barley. That's an unusually large amount, to say the least. So Ruth comes home with this large load of barley and her, her lunch leftovers. And Naomi doesn't sound bitter anymore. One can imagine her eyes lighting up and she asks, where did you glean today? 
where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Naomi pronounces a blessing on whoever has shown kindness to Ruth today. And in this way, also shown kindness to Naomi. So Ruth tells her, the man with whom I work today is Boaz. Naomi replies, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. In chapter 1, Naomi felt forsaken by the Lord, forgotten by the Lord. But here, Naomi realized that she has not been forsaken. God still cares for her. And Naomi asks that Boaz be blessed by the Lord for being the means through which the Lord shows his kindness. This is so often how we see God's kindness even today. God orchestrates things so that his people showing kindness is a means through which God himself shows kindness. In other words, God set up a golden opportunity for Boaz to show kindness to a God-fearing Moabite. And because Boaz was a God-fearing Israelite, he chose to evade the spirit of God's law and to show generosity. So brothers and sisters, let's be looking for God-ordained opportunities to show kindness to others in your life, but especially to brothers and sisters. How can we be seeking to show others kindness and generosity in a selfless and loving way? As a church, let's grow in awareness of one another's needs and think through how God might use us to show his kindness to one another. Naomi also makes a statement that will be important in the next chapter, saying that Boaz is a relative and one of our redeemers. Notice how Naomi includes Ruth in the statement. Ruth is no longer thought to be separate from Naomi. She is every bit a family member, and Boaz is one of their redeemers. The end of chapter 2 finishes with a lapse of time. Ruth continues to glean until the end of barley and wheat harvests. Verse 23 ends by saying, And she lived with her mother-in-law. God's provision of food for two poor widows has been met. But there's another area in which God's kindness may be shown. Ruth living with her mother-in-law is not meant to be a permanent living situation. That brings us to point number two, the kindness of Ruth. The kindness of Ruth. Look at Ruth 3, verses 1 to 5. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young woman you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say, I will do. Well, I do think chapter 3 as a whole emphasis the kind, emphasizes the kindness of Ruth. The first few verses emphasize the kindness of Naomi. Naomi hatches a, a plan to find a husband for Ruth. Naomi phrases it, Should I not seek rest for you? In chapter 1, Naomi had blessed her two daughters-in-law with a prayer that they might find husbands. 
Here Naomi sees a way that God may answer this prayer. Perhaps Naomi thought this was a possibility from the first day that Ruth came back with a giant load of barley from the field of Boaz. But in the weeks that followed, Boaz hadn't made a move. So Naomi looks to get the ball rolling on what she sees to be a good match. In that culture, it was normal for parents to arrange marriages, and Ruth left her birth parents behind back in Moab. But Naomi has a plan for her daughter-in-law. This plan may sound a bit risky and a bit strange, and there may be cultural aspects that we really don't understand today. Naomi knows where Boaz will be tonight. He'll be near the barley, probably sleeping near the workers outside, protecting the harvest. Naomi tells Ruth to freshen up, put her cloak on because it'll be cold, and then watch where Boaz lies down for the night. Then go and cover his feet and lie down. Naomi expects the next move to be made by Boaz, and she trusts Boaz to make the right move. There are a couple words in Naomi's description that could have a, a double meaning, open to more than one interpretation. And yet it would seem that from Naomi's evaluation of Boaz and her daughter-in-law, Naomi's not encouraging sin to occur this night. And from what we know of Ruth's character, Ruth is going to try to be above board as can be, even in a situation that at first glance may seem to invite temptation or compromise. Ruth simply agrees with Naomi's plan. Keep reading in verses 6 to 12. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after a young man, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem your good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So picture this scene. Ruth sneaks down to the threshing floor, making sure, making sure no one sees her. Boaz has eaten well, had some wine. He's in a good mood. Lies down next to the grain. Goes to sleep. Ruth walks over to him, uncovers his feet, and lies down. It seems that the most likely reason that Ruth would uncover his feet is that this would be a quiet way for the wind to blow on Boaz's feet and, and wake him up at some point in the night. So in the dead of night, something startles Boaz, he rolls over, and he notices someone. There's a woman there. Perhaps in the darkness, he doesn't immediately recognize Ruth, and so he asks her, Who are you? Notice he doesn't ask, Whose are you? And Ruth answers. Ruth doesn't answer as an unnamed foreigner. 
Ruth doesn't bow down prostrate on the ground. This time Ruth answers with her name. She answers respectfully. But she's not answering as one in a low position. She answers boldly. Ruth goes off the script that Naomi gave her. Naomi said that Boaz would tell her what to do, but Ruth does not wait for that to happen. Ruth tells Boaz why she came. Naomi wanted to show kindness to Ruth by making a plan for her to get married. But Ruth wants to show kindness to Naomi by first appealing to the fact that Boaz is a redeemer. If Boaz redeems Ruth, Boaz is caring not only for Ruth, but first and foremost caring for the whole household of Elimelech. Ruth's words echo a statement Boaz made earlier. Boaz spoke of Ruth coming to take refuge under the wings of the God of Israel. Ruth says, spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. You may have a footnote in your Bible that, just as in Ruth 2 verse 12, the word for wings and the word for the corners of a garment are the same word in Hebrew. So this clever play on words points to how Ruth expects that God will protect and provide for her. And the answer is through Boaz. Ruth expects Boaz to be part of the answer to his own prayer of blessing for Ruth. And Boaz is moved. In verse 10 he says, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after other young men, whether poor or rich. One would think the first kindness that Boaz is referring to is how Ruth left her homeland and came with Naomi to a foreign land. And now, Boaz says that this kindness is even greater. Boaz again, again pronounces a blessing on Ruth, calling her my daughter. Boaz is honored by Ruth asking Boaz to act as a redeemer. Boaz is likely much older than Ruth, as he calls Ruth my daughter more than once. Boaz also points out that Ruth could have gone after one of the young men, whether poor or rich. Maybe Ruth would have gone after a handsome poor man, not caring much about money, or maybe she could have found a rich young man. But instead, Ruth shows kindness to Boaz and to Naomi by asking Boaz to be her redeemer. One might read the story of Ruth imagining this beautiful couple, this love story, but physical beauty is not the point here. Boaz is probably quite old, but Boaz is a man of character. Boaz goes on to say that he will do all that Ruth asks, for all his fellow townsmen know that she is a worthy woman. This phrase, worthy woman, is the same phrase translated excellent wife in Proverbs 31 verse 10. Ruth is a living example of the kind of godly woman described in Proverbs 31. And as Boaz is described as a worthy man, this worthy man and worthy woman make a good match. So Boaz would be delighted to marry Ruth and act in the role of kinsman redeemer. There's no Old Testament law that would require Boaz to marry Ruth, but he would be acting in the spirit of the law in providing offspring for a dead relative and protection for a widow. This is a bit of a side note, but for those of you who are not yet married, but would like to be, what are you looking for in a spouse? <coughs> the principle that we see here in the book of Ruth 
is to start with the person's character, not looks, age, or financial stability. In other words, you must first value godliness in your own life and godliness in your possible future spouse's life. If Ruth continued to worship the gods of Moab, she would not have been a worthy woman that Boaz could have married. But Ruth left everything to follow God, and her reputation is above reproach. All Boaz's townsmen could recommend that Ruth was a worthy woman. That is the reputation you want your, your current or future significant other to have with your church family. Does your church family agree with you that this person you are interested in is a man or woman who fears the Lord? <coughs> Will this person help you to prioritize the worship of God in your life above all other things? But just when it feels like we hear wedding bells for Ruth and Boaz, Boaz brings up one potential obstacle. There's a redeemer who is closer in line. Boaz says that if this man wants to redeem Ruth, that is good as well. But if this man will not redeem Ruth, then Boaz swears by the Lord, saying, as the Lord lives, he will redeem Ruth. Ruth's kindness towards Boaz is responded to by kindness. Boaz would be more than happy to marry Ruth, but he needs to respect the law in regards to who is next in line as kinsman redeemer. The most important thing for Boaz is that Ruth and Naomi are cared for, and another good man could do that as well. In the time of Judges, a time when everyone did what was right in their own eyes, there were a few exceptions. The heart of the book of Ruth shows us kindness after kindness. Boaz tells Ruth to lie down until the morning. It would be dangerous for her to go home in the middle of the night. Look with me at verses 14 to 18. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, Bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, wait, my daughter, until you hear, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Ruth slept until the morning and rose before anyone could tell who she was. Perhaps Boaz has a few workers, though, who still noticed. And he tells them that Ruth's appearance must be kept a secret. In a small town like Bethlehem, one wouldn't want any wrong assumption, assumptions to be made or rumors to begin. Boaz measures out six measures of barley for Ruth to carry back to Naomi. This amount is probably even more than Ruth brought back on her first day of gleaning. One commentator estimated at 80 pounds of barley. Ruth tells Naomi that Boaz said she must not go back empty-handed to her mother-in-law. This word for empty is the same word that Naomi used to describe her situation when she first came back to Bethlehem. She left full, but she thought that she came back empty. 
Now Boaz tells Ruth she cannot return to her mother-in-law empty-handed. God continued to show kindness to Naomi through Ruth and through Boaz. Naomi may have thought she came back to Bethlehem empty, but actually she came back bringing Ruth, who God would use to continue to show her kindness, to continue to provide for her. Naomi is pleased at how the night went, and she trusts that Boaz will act quickly. She tells Ruth to wait, for the man Boaz will not rest, but will settle the matter today. In Ruth 2 and 3, God is behind the scenes, orchestrating events so that his people are being a blessing and are being provided for. But God's greatest kindness in human history is not meant to stay behind the scenes. It is meant to be proclaimed. Especially if you're here today and you're not a Christian, please do consider the kindness that God offers to you. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son to take on flesh and to die on the cross for our sins. You need forgiveness of your sins. You need a Redeemer. You need someone to buy you out of slavery or for your sins, from your sins. It's as if sin is your master. Jesus paid the price so that you could be set free. He paid the price to buy you out of the hands of this cruel master. At the cross, God made a way for you to be saved. Jesus died and rose again for the forgiveness of sins. The response to the message of the good news is to repent to turn away from your sins and to believe in Jesus. If you're interested in thinking more about what it means to repent, what it would look like to repent and believe, I'll be happy to talk to you after the service, and, and so would other Christians in this room. God's kindness is meant to be received. We'll never be able to pay God back for his kindness. And we want others to begin to understand God's kindness as well. The book of Ruth is not yet at its end. There's still one more chapter to go. There's still more kindness and blessing for God to show Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. But as we think on today's passage and as we go out into this week, let us consider how can we be God's vessels of kindness to others in a fallen and sinful world? God is orchestrating human history, and he chooses to use you and I in the process. What an honor that is for his people today. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we do praise you, for you are good, you are kind. Lord, we thank you for, for Jesus. We thank you for sending him to be our Redeemer. Lord, we thank you for the many ways we can see the kindness that you've shown to us. Lord, would you spur us on to show kindness to brothers and sisters here and to others that we know as well. Lord, would you continue to teach us and uh, remind us of truth from your word. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.